what is up everybody welcome back i'm so glad you're here welcome to the first rule of film club podcast i am your host carson higgins and we have a really special episode today i'm not even kidding i i've been looking forward to making this episode i've been looking forward to the possibility of even making an episode like this that's right everybody i got to interview a genuine filmmaker about their upcoming film that's coming out on March 25th. So if you're listening to this after March 25th, the movie is already out. And that movie is without Ward. And that director is Corey Cataldo. Corey Cataldo is a writer and director. Uh, his previous film, Mad World, is a, a bit of a cult hit. And uh, his new film, Without Ward, is coming out March 25th. And it's available to pre-order now on iTunes. It will be available all over the place. You could Check it out on Amazon, Google Play. Uh, I think he even mentioned Tubi. Uh, but right now you can pre-order it on iTunes. And he and the distributing company, Buffalo 8 Pictures, are doing a very cool thing. The film is coming out on the 25th. But if you pre-order it now, anytime between now and, I guess, what, midnight on Thursday night, if you pre-order this film for $5, that's right. It's a $4.99 purchase, and you own the digital release of the film when it, when it drops on the 25th. But what's even cooler is if you take a screenshot of your pre-order, so literally once you hit it on iTunes and it says pre-ordered, take a screenshot of that, send that picture with your address to withoutwardpreorder at gmail.com. If you email your photo receipt that you pre-ordered it, and your address, you're going to get sent a signed Blu-ray of the film. So for $5, you're going to be the proud owner of the digital copy on iTunes, but you're also going to get a Blu-ray sent to you that has some fun commentaries on it, some deleted scenes. Uh, this film is really awesome, guys. I, I'm privileged to get to interview Corey about his film. And yes... I had an in with him because let's just say I'm in the movie. I'm in the movie without Ward. I get to play a character in it. And it's actually my feature film debut. So I'm just like personally invested in the release of this film. But also I'm a fan of Corey's and a friend of Corey's. And so I'm, I'm very excited that this film that we shot together damn near 10 years ago, it's been sitting on a shelf. <laughs> it's finally coming out and it couldn't be more timely this film coming out right now. It is about a family who happens to be under uh, house arrest because it takes place in a future where the uh, the power, the government in power uh, is no longer capitalism, is no longer democracy. It's a, a, a thing called contractualism. So the world is run by lawyers and everyone's contracts uh, are what keeps you alive or dead. And uh, this family, along with pretty much every family in America, is housebound because none of their contracts have been ratified for years while they've all been living in a metaverse of types. of It's sort of like a metaverse. It's like you're living in your dreams. There is a drug that people have been taking that has taken the world by storm, and now pretty much everyone is living out their lives in their dreams as their bodies lie at rest in beds at home and lawyers come around and make sure your body is fed and bathed. Uh, but once Ward, played by Martin Landau in his final feature film, 
uh, Ward is the is the Steve Jobs, the Mark Zuckerberg of the time where he has invented this drug that helps people live their lives and their dreams and they no longer have to participate in the real world. When Ward is no longer with us, thus the title without Ward, he's the only person contractually allowed to make this drug. So now everyone is sitting at home off of the drug back in reality and forced to get to know each other again. So this film is really a beautiful uh, story about finding connection and uh, reigniting uh, our need for community and, and really kind of dissecting and trying to understand uh, what it means to be human and how the necessity to connect to each other is really the driving force that, that keeps us alive. This movie's really cool, you guys. It's been sitting on a shelf for way too long, but it's finally coming out. And it's almost like too prophetic in uh, in its view of the future and uh, its understanding of social media when at the time of this movie being written and directed, MySpace was still the dominating social media platform. So this film was ahead of its time in many ways. And then also after two years of a pandemic where we we all got to know what it feels like to be stuck inside for way too long. Uh, this film just couldn't be more relevant. It's got a terrific cast. Like I said, I'm in it. Martin Landau is showing his his final screen performance, and he really has a very touching... Uh, he does a couple of monologues in this film that are really, really touching, but it also stars Michael Gladys, Marguerite Moreau, Harold Perrineau, James Duvall. There's a great cast of people. Uh, and like I said, I'm just so excited that I got to talk to Corey about this film. So here is our interview where we talk about it. We're also visited by one of the producers of the film, Mike Clausen. You'll hear him in the interview as well. But yeah, you guys, uh, I'm really stoked that I got to do this. It's, a, it's the first interview with a filmmaker on the first rule of film club. So, so go ahead and check this interview out and then head on over to iTunes and click that pre-order button. It's going to be the best five bucks you spend this week. I promise you that. And then don't forget to send... Uh, that screenshot and your address to without ward pre-order at gmail.com and get your hands on that signed blu-ray of course while supplies last i have to say that because uh, they may run out if too many of you uh clamor for these things uh so here's my conversation with Corey cataldo the writer and director of without ward coming out march 25th check it out and record yeah. There it is. The recording is now in progress, Corey Cataldo. What's what up, Higgins? <laughs> it's good to oh, see I you. I can't believe it, man. I haven't seen you in forever. It's like, it's like you always used to look 18 and you finally look like an adult. I am a grown man now. <laughs> I'm very disingenuously having the same conversation Carson and I had when we said hi. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a little check-in. We did a little check-in, but... Uh, yeah, no, the the people here, man, they are uh, they are aware. I've 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 informed them a little bit about who you are. But why don't you give us all a little bit of who the fuck is Corey Cataldo, baby? Fill me uh, in. Um, that is a heavy question. Where are you Where are you from, Corey? I oddly, I I am a man that was born on Earth. Um, oh, sweet, same. Nice, me too. Um, had a weird life and uh stumbled into making shit up for a living how did you stumble into making <laughs> shit up for a no, living I, I, <laughs> I realize we're, we're on a pie this feels so weird like I've, they've been having me do a bunch of like you know like press 
mm-hmm. but you don't usually like know the person. <laughs> so it's, it's much more like, it's, it's very uniquely different. I'm actually kind of excited to be uh, doing this with you. It's fun. Dude, um, I'm excited that you're doing it too. This is, this is honestly the first time on the first rule of film club that I'm getting to introduce and interview a, a genuine filmmaker, man. You're, you're the real genuine article. But I can hear my publicist, my publicist, um, <laughs> my team, my uh, whole team. That is so juicy. I can hear the publicist that I'm super <laughs> thankful to have be like, without word, without word, like keep. And then I, I thought it was like a whole like marketing kind of like, like, okay. Then I realized like, as I, cause I've done more for this than I've normally done. Like this is my second feature film as writer director. So right. when you're writing, when you're doing other things, in in for anyone that listens that's not in Hollywood, like you literally get paid to write things you know will never get made, especially because the content. It's like they're like, here's money to option a thing that we're not gonna do, but like if you survive, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but so as writer director, and and my first thing um, was a movie called Mad World that uh, became like a cult. It's like everything everybody said not to do, and I did it, and it became <laughs> a. But that we didn't we didn't know. It was like we couldn't believe that was. We couldn't believe like that was on Netflix. We couldn't believe you could go to the store and buy it on, on DVD. I'm old. Um, <laughs> I have a like, DVD it, of it. It was like, that was the goal. And then it kind of became a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, this is a different level. Like we have a whole team and uh, we're with Buffalo eight without work, without work. So I'm not <laughs> actually giving crap. It's just, I'm learning things that I didn't, realize so a lot of times you do these interviews and they're like 10 minutes Mm. and so of course because somebody's making a show and of course mine are all 40 i talk a lot (laughs) Um, but they take like what they find most interesting right so they'll ask you a question um like this happened to like one of us uh, one of the group was it even me and they were like oh so like what were like the most exciting actors you got to work with so he answered all of them Mm -hmm. But was like giving stories about each. So the answer was like Martin Landau. (laughs) Like, and it's like, and you're like, it's like, no, you got to mention it. So I'm like, oh, they're telling you to like, not exactly protect, but like to help you. Yeah. Because you got to be like, without word, pre-ordered on Apple. Like the things you really need them to hear or want people to hear, if you don't say it, it won't even be there. So it sounds like one of us had just said like, Oh, Martin Landau and like left out like Harold Perrineau and Michael Gladys and Carson Higgins, Marguerite Crow, and you know, like we're really excited about everybody, but he's like Martin Landau and they're like, okay, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're definitely going to talk about Without Ward. I mean, that's why you're here, but I I, and I'm sure other people would love to know. Just like a little, a little bit about you. Like what, what, when did you figure out like, oh shit, I have to be a filmmaker. Like what, was there a moment? Was there a time when you, and, and where were you? How old were you? Give me a little insight. For me, it's that thing. I always felt very fortunate about this. Um, as young as I can remember, um, I was, I, and you know, um, I'm 39. Uh, I'm the age that sounds like I'm lying. Uh, it sucks you're you're still you're still what's considered a young filmmaker Corey. yeah i should say i'm 40 though because then like it feels like you're lying you know what i mean um 
But no, I, I grew up in Georgia and, and, you know, I'd say yeah, 82 is my birth year, but child of the nineties, you know, but honestly, when I was about six, um, I had a, a friend, um, the late, great Jimmy Martin, um, I've had an inordinate amount of death in life, which is not fun. Um, but it meant even this movie, you know, Martin Landau was my mentor. Um, yeah. I guess that's part of my history. I had a very few, you have, but for your audience, if you ever saw the movie Almost Famous, mm-hmm. um, I had that, but with movies instead of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up in Hollywood when I was like 16. Um, I had a summer where like my best friends were like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Martin Landau. And it was what crazy. Are, what? You're talking about Van Damme and the Wait, night. hold up, hold up. What, 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 I didn't know you knew Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> fun. But not, I bet. I say that. I don't want to get my... Um, he's an interesting dude. Um, and guys are really cool when you're like younger. I got to meet like idols. Like like my, honestly, well, my favorite Hollywood story is meeting Martin Landau. Well, what, what was the context? What when, 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 did, when did that happen? So I was at this guy, Rich Abrams' house. Um, he produced all the, the, he was cool enough to let me uh, stay with him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, his, his bigger thing was that he produced all the Pee Wee Herman stuff. Oh, wow. So this mansion in, in Hollywood. It's, it's, I'm not used to mansions. It's gorgeous. And, um, he ended up letting us crash that. Like I had to get some apartment with like some other fucking 16 year old. That's not old enough to rent anything. You can imagine what that was like. Yep. Like rats under the balcony, like first floor balcony, like rat nest. You got to like smell it. It was like, and I'm a wimp. I can't handle. But so he was like, what are you doing? Like stay here. <laughs> Great guy. Um, I shouldn't have said the name because now I have to leave amazingly fun stuff out. It's okay. But one night he's having this party and I got, I got to meet like Tim Burton. And I, and, and like, when, when is this in the, in the Tim Burton chronology? Like 90. So has he, he's done Batman. He's done Edward Scissorhands and stuff. He's Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah. And, And I believe, I believe that's where, like, it was a, so you're rubbing shoulders I, with there's everybody. reasons in memory and I won't, I, I don't want to like, so it, but that was a very age. I shouldn't, but anyways, I'm at this party. Cause this mm-hmm. part I can tell, I don't think anyone would, would, would care. And, and like really good people. But so I'm looking for Will, uh, my friend, Will, uh, we call him fat Will. Um, he was actually uh, in my, in my first film, it was kind of eight characters put into four. Uh, and he was one of them. And it's so funny. Cause like, I still call him that. And like, I'm, well, I don't think you use video. I, I'm fat and he's like way good looking now. And, <laughs> and it's you still so and you still call him fat. Well. I just call him fats. Well, no, it was his request. It wasn't like a making fun of him thing. He used to wear this shirt that said the herd is coming with all these helicopters. Hilarious. And his goal was to get fat kids to follow him around. And he's like, he's redheaded and like didn't know how to dress. He literally looked annoying to be like, he just like dockers. He very out of place in Hollywood in, in like the days of the Viper room and stuff. Uh-huh. Like doesn't, so we're at this place and, and Will's never had any ambition in that regard. An ambitious guy, um, but never had any in that regard. And mm-hmm. I'm thankfully he's still here. I was explaining Jimmy and I jumped past the story, but <laughs> no, really like growing up, it, it's been a really tough. It's like, it's like my best friends were Jimmy, Justin, Matt, Will, John. Like Justin did all the artwork for Without Ward. Um, Jimmy oh, and sweet, I, like the the poster. Matt, Jimmy and Justin are dead, and none of us are supposed to be forty. Oh, uh, wow. We just we had good and bad, and and that's kind of what draws people. But at the same time, we come from a place where not everybody 
did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fun. I just moved back to Atlanta, which is actually where I'm from originally, out, outside of Atlanta. And it's like um, the, the contractor I'm working with on my home is like a guy I hadn't seen in 20 years. He's super awesome. And our, our, uh, our first, and we were like good friends when we were younger. It's been 20 years since we've even seen each other. And our first reaction was like, you're not in jail? And then it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like you're actually like have a life, like you're pretty successful, you know? But it was like, that was the bar. It was like, you're, you're like, you're not in jail. I was like, how are you? You know, he's like, I did, you know? So yeah. anyways, um, we're at this party and I'm, I want to go, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fanboy. Always have been, always will be. Um, just go right up to people you excited. admire and just tell them. Yeah. You like it's weird for me. One of my favorite actors growing up, like I love Greg Araki. Um, and, and in, in my formative years, like that stuff meant a lot to me. So I was obviously a big James Duvall, like Jonathan Check fan. I went to go see Independence Day because James Duvall was in it. Mm. And so for me, like actually being friends with Jimmy is like so weird. Like, cause he's also a, a nerd. I don't think mm-hmm. he'd mind me saying it. So I built like a movie theater at my house mm-hmm. and Jimmy's coming out in like three weeks for like a week. And all we're going to do is watch every episode of Star Trek Next Generation in my theater. Oh, wow. So I, I invite his girlfriend too. And she's like, I'd love to go see Corey's new place. And he's like, yeah, we're just watching Star, Star Trek. Trek he's the like, whole time. Coming. For, for, for anyone, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, James Duvall, Jimmy Duvall is in Without Ward, but he's also, he you, you may recognize him like I did from Independence Day. He's also the bunny in Donnie Darko. And he also has just a very long resume. I mean, you're so leaving you, out. Yeah, you, rec- you, you will definitely recognize story. Jimmy Duvall. But you got to name the great one. So it's it's Independence Day Go, which is, we could oh, yeah, go we like movie, one. movie fans. So like, you Go um doom generation nowhere living in totally fucked up um the guys is, the guys worked let's put it that way yeah awesome <laughs> uh, you know what i mean so you'll you'll see you'll, you'll see yeah, him like, when, you watch, when you watch the movie you'll see him y'all all right so I'll, i'm gonna quit being a dick and tell you the, the marty story and then get us get us into the martin landau stuff and i'm just thankful you're having me on and i will beg anyone here to like help us Oh, dude, don't don't worry. There's there's going to be plenty of time to let people know how they can see without Ward, yeah, why they, why they should want to, and we'll get there. We'll get there. But, but I could just spend got time. An hour we got time. I could good. beg them. You don't have to beg anybody. By the end of this thing, they're going to be begging you for the link. So don't I worry. Just about don't it. want people to think we're like fucking cool. <laughs> I feel like there's always this. You don't think you're cool? Not in that way. Like I think people think you're wearing sunglasses right make... now. Yeah, you're but it's because cool I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> and I know we'll go outside to smoke because um, I still have that nasty habit. Okay, so you're, we're at, you're preemptively right ready to go. Okay. And I want to go tell Will what just happened to me. And I'm setting him up because, like, he's so fish out of water there. Like, like I am too, but I was always a little more like this. I always loved movies. I was always, like, I, I joked that I think the only reason I became a filmmaker is so I didn't have to, like, find a style again. <laughs> Um, because the clothes I had when I was 12 still work, you know, like, like throw on like, like, and now I can get a nicer coat, but like, you know, some, like some of this is like some shoe, you know, it's like it works still, um, but it doesn't in other industries, you know? Um, and now I'm in like a finance thing, which is crazy. Cause I love that. That's a good message. Like get asked to leave high school. Don't go to college and be uh, very financially secure for the rest of your life. Like that's the move. Noah. <laughs> so, uh, you can't see me roll my eyes uh i feel sucks. it 
Yeah, I'm depressed. I talk a lot because I have no self-esteem. And hey, now you're talking about my uh, friend now. <laughs> so I, I God, I keep not telling you the story. So just tell me, how did you meet right, Martin so Landau at this party? It's literally my favorite one, and I'm sure like you have great like as a fanboy, you have certain people, and and dude, like I loved uh, Outer Limits and like Mission Impossible and Space 1999. And there were things like, dude, obviously like crimes and misdemeanors is a good, like there, there is work of Martin Landau that's amazing. But for me, and at this time, Ed, Ed Wood, um, but so even think of him then, this is like pretty close to getting an Academy. This is that time for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but for me, I loved those things because uh, I am a nerd. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking for Will in this, and, and I'm, I'm like, hey, have you seen Will? And I asked this guy, Saran, who lives at this mansion also. Because um, Richard's just cool about letting people stay. Like, that is very cool guy, very nice guy. Um, and uh, I'm looking for, for Will, and he's like, yeah, I think he's behind the tennis courts. And like, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a nice, it's like a mansion in Beverly Hills. It's like pretty ridiculous. So there's tennis courts. So. I walk and there's kind of this little woods is the wrong word, but like kind of like tree, kind of a wooded area right behind the tennis courts. And I'm walking up and I see two people sitting Indian style and it's a little later. And one of them's like ripping a bong and you hear like the, uh -huh. you know, like the, 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 and it's, it's a pretty large bug, but you hear it. And I see because of the lighter, like, I'm like, Oh, that will, you know, <laughs> And I look next to him and I'm like, and I'm getting closer. I'm like, that's fucking Martin Landon. And I'm like, that's crazy. And then Will goes with the smoke in his mouth still. Like, you know, when you're holding in. Oh yeah. Like, you're like, hey man. This is my buddy so, over here. Yeah, exactly. I wish you guys could see it. I hope you can see this, Eddie. He's got, he's got the thumb and he's, he's thumbing towards Martin Landau, holding the bong and then like holding smoke in. And he's like, well, so you guys know, my name's Corey Cataldo, and he would just call me last day, but he's like, hey, Cataldo, this guy knew Alfred fucking Hitchcock. <laughs> and he blows out the smoke, and I almost shit myself. And I'm like, oh, my God. And Marty literally falls back, because they're like Indian style and thing, and he's laughing. And Will's like, what, man? And I'm like, dude, that's, like, that's Martin Landau. It's like, he didn't <laughs> just know him. He's, he's like, in he's North like, by he's Northwest. I was like, he's man. like a legend and he's like no shit and then i say something like i had actually made will what not made but i got will to watch ed wood because like i that wasn't a movie tons of people saw back then i i think they have by now um but but i i love you know i'm a big cinemaphile always have been and part of the best thing about making it to la was like i finally knew there were other people like for most of my night life it was like it wasn't cool when I was growing up to say you wanted to be like a filmmaker. Like now there's this thing and people know what that is. And it's like, now it's, it's like saying you want to be a rock yeah, star. It was like, like being oh, in the cool. audio video club. Like it wasn't, people got actors, but like they didn't know the name of directors. They didn't, we had to just, and being where I was from, like I literally went to the video store and just got everything mm -hmm. from like six on. <clears throat> And I would watch, even as a kid, things that like kids, pro and I don't even mean like you shouldn't content wise. I just had a love for, it, there was just always, I just loved it. And like very adult content movies, kid movies, it didn't matter. I, I loved foreign, it was like something, and it was so funny because I remember my mom letting me watch 
kind of messed up movies, but on the realization that like, oh, like there's something about him in this. Like it's not, it, it, I don't think she had let my older brother and I remember him being like, wait, why can, and she's like, ah, he was a musician, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, he likes this the way you, she could tell. It, 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 that and I always appreciate that. And, so and your I, your your mom had like a, a good uh eye for movies. She's like, this is a good one, even no, though it might be rated. She R, always like it's so funny because my mom's such a mom mom, but she does watch all. I actually, it's funny. I have a character in the movie that that I hope uh, in word that I hope gets to this some, um, but uh I feel like older women are very left out of like everything. And, and a lot of it's because we all have moms, but it's very bothersome. Cause it's like, you know, with a film like Without Word, they don't like go market to like women over like 60. And you're like, dude, they live life. Like they, yeah. they like, they, they, there's just as good a chance that they're gonna like an art film as the mm -hmm. next person. Like, what do you, and I always remember like, I was always kind of, not kind of, I was proud to have my mom as my mom in certain way. Like she wrote um, like textbooks. Oh. And I remember I was in an area where most women really like kind of stayed home. And, and, and it's not that that's bad. I just remember. Yeah, it was just the I way it was growing up. Um, and I remember actually it kind of like it was always a problem that I my parents weren't together. I couldn't go to certain kids houses, but I always looked at it. And so my mom's very mom like in that. Like, how are you? Do you want some macaroni? Like, mm -hmm. but I was always like into watching different things. But I just think in me, she just saw that I, she believed like how much I sought that out. Mm -hmm. She just knew that that was something I was deeply passionate about. Like it wasn't just me wanting to watch a movie. Right. I would watch the same one like 10 times. I would start, even before I knew what a director was, I, 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 I would, I would literally like, like you're watching magic tricks, like try to figure out why I felt a certain way. Mm -hmm. It just, it was fascinating to me. It, it, it was like, well, how did that? And then I'd want to experience it. And then I want to watch it again. And, it, and I didn't even know what a director was. And then I remember my mom dated some guy that had something to do with this movie, like mystery day. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I feel like I was like nine or 10. And he said something like, uh, Oh, like, why don't you be a director? And I was like, well, what's that? And they were like, oh, it's like the person that makes those decisions. And I was like, oh, that's literally like one person. Like, I didn't, <laughs> you know, like, I, I like literally, like, how are you going to learn that? You know? And I'm like, and he, he explained it to me as best you can in like, you know, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But like, I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, it's like your vision. You're the one telling the story. It's your, and ever since that day, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, and to cap off the, the Marty story, I'm like, this is the guy we had watched Ed Wood and he's like, uh, pull like, the strings. So finally I say it, I said Ed Wood and he's like, Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> Marty just died. And then Marty uh, hung out with me, us, until like two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I had like a million questions for him. And uh, we connected on that. I liked, uh, again, I am a nerd. Um, I was a big fan of like certain radio programs, obviously from before my time. And I really liked The Shadow. Mm. And I was, I mentioned it to him and it turns out like he loved The Shadow, like growing up. And it was even a way he had like bonded with his mom. And I had these tapes and he's like, you actually have this. And we listened to that. And he, he became a mentor of mine and he let me follow him around and he gave me, great advice through my career he actually came um to my high school graduation like out like 
in some random town in Georgia. Um, wow, just a really? really great guy. Yeah, and just super supportive. I get so sad now. Like, honestly, I had some messed up stuff after we shot Ward, and I was leaving LA, and he was like, kind of yelling, kind of. I mean, he was like yelling at me, like in a in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, He's and tough just, loving you a little bit. It's such a great. And just the way he saw the world and himself and the way he would tell stories and be so, he's just a, he's just an artist's artist. And um, I wish he was here to see this. I feel like he'd be proud of me. And I never wanted to go to him with something. So I like submitted this to his manager and I got the like, why didn't you call me? But I never, that's, it's not why I, I know enough about him to know certain things. Like, I don't want to get into, but like looking at life is like, the infinite and like an energy that connects more of a, I, I knew this would be something that at least conceptually um, he, he cared about because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had plenty of, of conversations and, and I always just felt, I mean, it's such a funny thing to say, mm-hmm. but, but just true. I'm a big fan of trying to be genuine. He, he I always felt like, so like privileged that he'd like, even like let me be around and when i'd say something like that to him he'd be like f off he wouldn't say f off. <laughs> but like you know it, it it just felt like why do i get to spend time you know what i'm saying like yeah. it, it, like when i did my first movie it's like people were trying to talk me out of it we we had like like 20 grand i i, I think I when 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 was this was when i think was- i used to lie and say it was 40 when was this? When did you make Mad World? Oh, God. Uh, early 2000s. Uh, came out later, just like this, because I'm a weird artist. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a, a good chunk of time between rapping Mad World and the release of Mad World, right? Yeah, and a like, heart surgery for me. And, yeah. Yeah. So you're, movies ruin my life every time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you've, now, you've made two feature films, right? As writer-director. Yeah. As writer-director. Okay. So wait, did you write? A, another one or direct another yeah, one? Yeah, and I like other things, but yeah, my 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 two, the, it, what I consider mine, ours, you know, the team. But but yeah, to me, everybody has a different gauge of those things. Was with was uh, uh was Mad World the first film you directed? Yes. Okay. Cool. No, yes. Gotcha. I did. Yeah. My whole start was stuff like bad Spanish rap videos on Telemundo and like, hell yeah. Wait, um, you were di- you were directing those? Yeah, or how, how do you, how are you getting those jobs? Um, dude, I can't explain to people how it works. Hollywood, you got to keep your secret. Okay. To be right. honest, right? But like, you know, no, no, no. no, no hang, hang on to your that. mystery. It's cool. <laughs> no, no, but it, like stuff like that, like you meet people and through, like, honestly, for anybody that's trying to get into things, I and I think you know this, it's just work on stuff that like you love, which sounds so cheap. It's like, it's, it was always so weird. You've got to, I fucked off a lot of money opportunities to the point where when I needed that for life, I, I went elsewhere because I, but in hindsight, it's not even intentional. Like, no, but that's, I feel like that's good people advice. People are straight up telling me like, do this and I'll <laughs> hire you. Like this, I got at a very large production company. I got really great coverage on a script. And uh, if you know my work, there's a great chance they can't make that. <laughs> and so they call me in and I'm with a very large producer and he's like, uh, and I can't believe he's the kind of level where you're like, I can't believe they set up a meeting with me and that's who I'm meeting with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, 
hey, this is some of the best coverage we've ever seen. I read it. I got to say, like, this was a great, it, it was really flattering. And I'm not even trying to be a dipshit. I'm like 20, I think. And he's like, uh, look, I could never make this movie, but like, do you have any like action or like just anything genre basically? And mm -hmm. I was like, no. And he's like, well, look, I'd love to develop something with you. And like, you know, this is kind of what we do. And he set up his model and he's explaining like, you know, like you'll get paid. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. I just, I really <laughs> want to work on this thing. And he's kind of like, are you fucking sure? Like you, like he was trying to tell me and I wasn't being rude. I, I just, and then, you know, like five years later, I'm like, did I just, yeah, I did that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you die for this opportunity. And I don't even like realize it. Like, cause I'm so focused on like this weird shit I want to do and that I want to say that. And so to me, money had to come outside of, I can't believe I made a living as an artist for like 15 years. And at this point I don't. <laughs> and I might again, like, like, but it, it was always like, oh my God, like I get paid to make shit up basically. Like I, I'm, there's something about it. And to me, like, if you can make that happen, that's amazing. Like at any level, like, I don't mean yeah. big bitch. I just mean like you eat, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. We're all over the place here, man. So, it's good. Uh, it's good. Well, but no, it, it, it brings us to a good spot. Cause you've already talked about Martin Landau for a little while. And uh, for those that don't know the film that, that we're here to have you here for Corey is, is this film without Ward that's coming out March 25th. Can I and, cut you off again? Sure. I haven't been rude enough. Yeah, I was about to say something great, but fuck me, right? No, it's just stunning to me that, like, <laughs> so that we can talk, film, like, Mikey Cakes. You remember Clausen? Mm-hmm. He is in town. And if he joins the podcast, do you mind? I don't mind. That's awesome. So if he joins, we'll probably talk more about movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But here, let me let me just finish what I was going to say for these fine people listening. Uh, we're talking about Martin Landau and without Ward, because in the film, Martin Landau does, in fact, play the titular character of Ward, who just to give a brief synopsis on this film that you're all going to be watching very soon. Uh, Ward is someone who is now no longer. He's we're living in a world without him. Uh, but Martin Landau does have uh, some pretty great what he's he's in two scenes, three scenes in the film. Yeah, no, as, so as he Ward. is very, it's, it's one of those, I'm glad you brought that up, and I can't believe you used titular. Um, hey, man, any excuse to get titular in a, in a conversation, you got to go for it. Say hey to Mikey. Oh, Mike, what's up, man? So, uh, do you want me, what do you want to do? Say hi to Mikey, you want me to answer the question? Answer the question. It's just great that Mike's <laughs> in the, his presence is being felt, and we'll hear from him in a sec. <laughs> I knew having Mike here would be good, because, um, yeah, dude, I'll just rant and not talk about the movie. But yeah, no, real, real quick, for anyone that hasn't seen the trailer yet, for anyone that hasn't seen your other work, just like, you know, I, it's, every, it's every artist's favorite thing to distill their entire piece of work into a couple sentences. But, but what, what is without Ward? It's like going under a fence instead of over it when the tide hits 40 degrees. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you're you're all good. <laughs> I don't think any of that. I love things that sound like they mean something. Uh -huh. Don't no. So without Ward, 
in its most basic sense is really just about human connection. Um, but done in a very quirky way, um, it, it comes from a very dark place for me. Um, but like, honestly, when, when I got, when I started writing Ward, I was about to kill myself. Um, I had a bunch of health problems. I was actually looking into how to shoot myself on the head online. Cause like, I mean like the spot, ah. a, a newspaper. Um, and for your younger audience, uh, those are like pages that it's they like would printed websites, on. right. With news yeah. on it. And it would like tell you what was going on. And there was a <laughs> section of obituaries and, uh, this guy, I, it literally blew it in front of my, my monitor. Um, and it was this guy Ward, um, and I went on what was my space at the time and I was looking at him and like, here I am thinking about doing this. And I find out on my space, which was really creepy um, that he had killed himself and it, it, the mix of emotions. And, and honestly, part of it too, was like, it felt very disconnected and it felt like a lot of people on my space were kind of like using this in a weird way. And it, it, it really bothered me, especially with where I was. And I, I had a, a nervous breakdown and I ended up taking a shower and look, I don't want to get, I won't get too into it, but I was, I was thinking about a lot of shit. And part of this is in the movie, like the meaning of life, things like that. And, um, but not like, like why we're here. I, I personally, um, I, I don't think the world was created. Um, look, I, I won't get all into it, but I, I've just never seen something that didn't exist exist or something that did exist not exist so to me it stands to like pretty basic reason that everything always always here mm -hmm. i think humans think in a very like our life's like this so it has to be like this our life it's starts one of the man. things like the big bang like like well like okay cool but like everything was there it, it wasn't that's part of the the, the <clears throat> so I, I but but the meaning of life in a what is the actual definition and I, I, I came to like, well, it's what I feel. And, and it is actually said in the movie, but, but if it's all, if all I feel is terrible all the time, which is where I, I was at, like, why would I want to keep living? Keep, keep A lot of it was it. health. And I had uh, lived my, my younger years as kind of like an angry person doing nothing, but trying to have the things that the people where I grew up wanted um, because it was always like, you can't miss. So it was like, oh, like, you want to date a cute girl? Like I'm with a famous girl. Like you want to fly first class? I'm on a jet. Like you, literally, like like a, I was a really shitty guy. I, I don't know if I was shitty, but my I really it was all about just trying to be better than everyone and acting Did, like I didn't. Care. Was it like a, a searching for validation sort of thing, or was I, it? It was more of a just like my way of always getting through was to like attack. Mm, mm. Um. I'm very seek and destroy. And yeah, it's not a healthy way to live, and so well, it's 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 definitely a young man's common mentality. You're not alone, but it was it was good for me. And then I all of a sudden I was achieving those things that you that you think are a lot of times in being honest with yourself about what you want, and mm -hmm. and the movie does get really into this. You find out what you actually want, and mm -hmm. if you're honest with others about who you are and what you want, regardless of what that is. It's actually, to me, the most selfless thing you can do. And the goal of Ward is, is that people connect. And like, you're not bullshitting someone if you're being you. It, it, it allows them to, to, to know what they're dealing with. And I, I think a lot of times 
people that come off a certain way. Um, and maybe I want this to be the, the case because I feel like I can come off aggressive. And, and it's so funny because so much of it comes from having like no self-esteem or right? like, mm, yeah, I think, I think I come off as like confident and I'm like, so not confident, you know, like <laughs> at all. Um, but you know what? Maybe it's that like, you're willing to be vulnerable in your, uh, what's the opposite of confidence and why am I seeking the word? Uh, whatever anti-confidence uh, <laughs> like self insecure your insecurity yeah. there there's like a you, there's an ownership to your insecurity that therefore is confidence and so it's not it's not like an air you you ha you're just like honest about the unknown within yourself but it's weird. it makes it's me cool. super unhappy but i can sleep with myself at night if that makes sense you what still, became most you, important to me was like being able to be like, okay, like I'm me mm -hmm. and I'm not that likable. It, it, I think the best quality we could all have as a, as a human race is self-awareness. Totally. And in that, I think a lot of people have trouble doing it because you have to see things about yourself that are, are, are quote unquote bad, mm. but. Or that just go against the narrative that we're supposed yeah, to. But, but we, we make up like what's good and bad and like we're not smart <laughs> like like so it's like instead of trying to be perfect and i'm not saying we shouldn't try to be better and try to make the but it's like i think we should work more on just accepting the flaws of others and being okay with our own yeah it, to me that's like actually positive instead of this kind of toxic positivity that's like invaded our culture. And like, mm -hmm. you can't even tell someone like I had a bad, they're like, well, don't think you had a bad day. Like you'll have another one. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Super helpful. Like I lost, you, know, you lose your fingers and it's like, yeah, man, just did it. I'm like, dude, just, it sucks. I lost my fucking fingers. Like, I, <laughs> Let me be bummed. I, I just <laughs> deal with it. Like I get it. She has no legs. Cool. Mm -hmm. So what is she supposed to, you know, sentence sentences like, um, like, like you can never be okay with another person until you're okay with yourself. It's like really well mean meaning, mm -hmm. but like, so what? We're all supposed to be like, <laughs> there's like, some, there's, there's, like what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, there's something about Ward without Ward that I, I, I really dig. And it's, it's this notion of like, dare to be honest about yourself to your people and then dare to live your life as that person. So imagine a movie. That There's a lot of like, I dare you to be yeah, present yeah. and yourself and to fucking do it. Be, be so, you. So take a movie with like this kind of heaviness and then put it in a world where it's the future. Everything runs on wood and lawyers control everything. Mm -hmm. And half the world's under house arrest and you're fed through tubes. Mm -hmm. And a guy saves the world by basically standing naked in a window yeah there's there's and, a and it's about being honest it's, it's so so the gist is you know for the first time in the history of the world there is a one world government um and the type of government is contractualism and everybody meaning, in meaning we're all living off of contracts correct it's it's one government for everywhere mm -hmm. and we all have a contract and if your contract doesn't specifically say you can do something you can't so the only thing you can do to break the by law punishment is, of death. Yeah, you 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 took my thunder. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anything you do wrong, no matter how small or large, there's one penalty. It's death. And this happened because a, a guy Ward, um, 
who is kind of a through throughout the movie, he's the one that set all of this up for, for good reasons, right? Um, but like, he, he just realized that technology, and it's so funny, like I wrote this because I was afraid of MySpace mm-hmm. and it's gotten a lot worse. Um, yeah, because when did you write, when, when was Without Ward final draft? When, when was it done? A long time before we shot it. Realistically, we shot the movie like 10 years. We were shooting 10 years ago. That's not when it finished. Right. But um, and, and there's lots of reasons for that. It, it's crazy that we made a movie where like half the world is stuck in their homes. Um, yeah, it's a, it was it's, quarantine. It's really but, bizarre how prophetic this film has wound up being. Well, Mad World did that too with all the bullying stuff yeah so it's like i think next time i should make a movie where we're all like really rich and have sex <laughs> with whoever we want and we're all loved and we all love and take care of each other like and and like everything's there's no more money i'll just write star trek next generation perfect and then we'll be there the so, next next generation baby right that's it <laughs> except carson so oh, the, the whole point of the movie will be that like Carson takes on all the badness of everything and he can't die. So mm-hmm. he just has this infinite torture so that we can all live. Mm-hmm. Mind? No, I don't mind at all. Let's go for it. <laughs> so anyways, so the movie's like, so there's this kind of crazy how we got here dystopian thing. So Ward uh, creates this drug. He was going to kill himself and, and it's, he, he had all, all these wonderful things, but even though he had it, he just wasn't happy and he was disconnected. And with technology and where everything was at, like he kills himself and this doctor's like talking to him about it. And he reaches out to t- touch the doctor's hand and he's not even there. He's like mm, a hollow. Mm-hmm, mm. And he's just like, fuck it. Like I can't, but he finds this meaning. Um, <laughs> and for me, this came in that, de- that sad moment where I kind of asked the meaning of life. And I was like, it's what I feel. It's what we all feel. And that's, I had, sorry, I'd asked myself that question. Like, okay, well, if all I'm going to feel is miserable, why do I want to keep living? But I was thinking about this person that had actually committed suicide. And I thought like, well, we grew up in the same kind of place. Like what if, and I don't know what happened with him. I don't, you know, at, at all other than this that was, that. this was just an obituary you stumbled on. Yeah. yeah? The, you don't a, know this guy. Yeah. No, I do. Oh, um, oh. But I don't know in high school. It, it was, okay. Gotcha. It's like, I don't know why he did it. I don't know. But I just started thinking like, maybe we could have been there for each other. And I was like, it's not what I feel. It's what we all feel. Mm-hmm. And I somehow just started laughing at myself. Like I had been through this heart surgery. I had gained like a hundred pounds. All the, it was like, I was like, I lived life in a paper way. I want to be clear on paper, like a life that I think people, especially young men would be super happy to have. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm at my mom's house and I'm like 300 pounds and I've lost everything. I've had this heart surgery and I'm, and I'm like, what happened to me? I just start laughing. And I'm like, mm. you know what? I'm disconnected. And I, I'm like, and, and I don't even like talk to friends. It's like, it had already started. It's like, I didn't love being on that stuff. And I realized one day, like I literally lost some friends because I didn't do social media much. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, I'm not not being involved. Like I don't get called to go to a thing because they post the thing and you show up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they've literally tricked us into making and tricks the wrong word because I'm not saying it's all terrible. We've been like shepherded into a new area. Uh, they basically are a part of all your life that they don't need to be, right? Mm-hmm. So think of it this way. We used to have cash. And now it's like mainly these, even for your debit card, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a company out there 
that basically makes five cents and a percentage every time anyone buys anything. That's completely unnecessary. Yeah. And that's what social media has, has done. Mm. Like, it's like, okay, here we are. We're a fucking company, companies, company, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. And uh -huh. we, we have made you think that to connect and to do anything, you need us to a point where we've brought everyone here and now you kind of do. So you can be a loner and you can be outside of things and make a conscious decision to like not have somebody tell you what news to read mm. or and be kind of alone, like for real and hope to meet people like the, my best friend in the world, Mike, no, but like who thankfully produced this, right? Or you can go along and let, you know, like just Visa, just take our money for no great reason. Credit mm -hmm. cards made sense. They were letting you borrow money and allowing vendors to take it. But like, how hard was cash? Like, I just got a new home mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's got all these smart home features and they want me to like basically let Amazon listen to everything I say. <laughs> oh, that and tell me, when in your life have you ever walked up to your front door and been like, man, this key thing is a problem. Like, <laughs> no, I need to pull out an app to unlock it from the car. Mm. Cause that's easier. You just got to get an it's Apple watch, easy. Corey. And How many times are you like, man, I it. need to turn the lights on in the kitchen before I go to the kitchen. Yeah. It's not even, it's like technology. I'm very, I love technology, but mm. like these aren't, they're not even fixing problems with half this shit. Like that's not a, that's not a better mousetrap. Like, mm. like, and then it's like they sell you on shit. And like, even I, I feel it sinking in my head. No, you should lose it. Like, what if you forget to lock your doors? And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. How many times has somebody got robbed because they forgot to lock? And then if that happens, is it worth allowing a company to like listen to all my information and market to me all day that already does? Mm. No. Right. And it's not about doing anything good or bad. So, so in Ward, it's just about, and it's so funny because it's a kind of a funny, it's a dark movie, but it's really happy and you kind of want to be mm -hmm. there. And that's yeah. kind of the point. I, I, I had this really upsetting experience and I was like, all right, I got to make a movie called Without Ward about what we're going to do, what I'm going to do without Ward. And I'm very disconnected and I want to try to connect again. And they're a big part of this and, and a big part of that time for me. Um, and I'll, I won't go into it just because I know, honestly, she doesn't want me to, mm -hmm. uh, but, but there's somebody that I really, really cared about um, and, and always will that I wanted to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And so the mix was like, I, I just, I got to do this. I got to explain that and make a movie and maybe I'll connect with people when I'm doing it. And kind of like, can I not, can I use this to not kill myself? Mm. And it's crazy because you, you have a thought like that and you're broke as shit and you're nothing and you're right. Mm -hmm. And then to somehow make a movie with like, like an cat, like literally, well, Academy Award winners helping Academy Award winner in it, like great cast, like, you know, Buffalo eight has been a dream to work with our distributor, like picture business I get with Mike Clausen, who again is sitting here, but like, no, like I really do meet some beautiful wonderful people and you and 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 it was weird and part of the reason writing that was weird is just so you know you remember my my ex 
Um, we were not together when I wrote this. Mm, 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 <laughs> so it, it, there was a period we were together for about ten years. But so you were you were trying to figure out how to stand yeah, we, naked in the our, window. Our length for of it. time was thirteen years, but there were like three broken up years in the middle. That's and that's so that's not uncommon. That's that's a but but like a so lot of people do that. I wasn't like you know. So so basically, we we put this movie together, and, and it's like you've got this whole world. We explained you where all this craziness happened, and this guy Ward makes a drug that literally lets people live in their dreams. And we specifically, and we know, but I don't tell people, a lot of people assume it's like their fantasy. We don't, we don't explain that part, even though I knew, mm -hmm. because I want this to connect people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's been really great about hearing people's feedback is the different, I think we were right about that because it, it's like, there's always this expression, kill your darling. The backstory of this movie is probably my favorite thing I've ever made up. But mm. to make the movie be as good as it could be, I had to kill it because mm. Mm. it was making a path instead of letting you have your best chance at, at getting a good message from this, I, I felt like. And it's not a movie that gives you the tone. We don't tell you how to feel. Yeah, It's, it's comfortably uncomfortable. We, we make it slow. I, I fucked with this thing I called lowering expectations. And I made the movie so weird that you're like, like the movie, we have no establishing shots of the movie. It opens and there's a family talking about legal controllers. And you're like, what? And then all of a sudden, like a voice comes on an intercom and is like, enter your beds or be in breach of contract. Then lawyers come and start feeding them with tubes that have like gas pills going into their mouth. <laughs> and then the dad is like younger than his kids. And you're like, the fuck like like you're literally just kind of like the hope was that you'd be like what is happening and then after about 20 then i after about 20 minutes i have three monologues in a row mm -hmm. which you're just not supposed to do and everyone's like don't do that except mike literally mike was right by the way because i think that the film does a really good job of like seducing you and sucking you in because you are kind of along for the ride very quickly where you're just kind of like what it's just like you said where you're kind of asking these questions of like what what did they just say why is yeah. that why is that I happening so much. I know, like, but what's nice is you're gonna it, end up jumping in you do find like, out you do get you do get to be a part of it it's you're not being alienated from the narrative it it does a really kind of cool following of breadcrumbs and until you until the the whole idea of the movie kind of finally arrives and then and then it is kind of a straightforward narrative and and it does feel a little bit more familiar structurally well, but that's it we go straight into american dream mode right and so then it's like you but we do it in a very there are a lot oh man and it was so I, I, it's it's i'm not saying it because he's here you know mike was a huge part of this for me as the main producer, because not it's one thing when you're breaking a bunch of rules. We we had a script that's the kind of script, well, honestly, that attracted this talent, even though we're shooting without money. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. I'm so thankful. Not only, buddy, that that everybody do it, but they did it. We could have very, not easily, but we could have shot in this script um, in in a much more typical way. And like had a movie that won awards and was mm. very, it, it, it was, it's that type of, I, I guys, and I don't, I'm terrible at almost everything in life, but I'm hey a really, now. 
<laughs> I might be a good director, but, but I'm a great writer. And you know that you just know certain things. Like I am, I know how to do that. Yeah. And this was a script that was like, there is a reason that, that people like Harold Perrinow and Marguerite Moreau and James Duval, like we're all, everybody, there were people I said no to that is batshit crazy because they wanted to talk about a sensitive scene. There goes me being an idiot again. And I'm like, oh no, that means you don't want to do it. But I'm like, maybe <laughs> they just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to. So I'm like, no, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I really care about this. But it was like, no, we're, we're not only are we breaking rules, but we're breaking rules that you're not going to notice we're breaking. Mm -hmm. We're making things off on purpose in a way that's, well, the movie I wouldn't call subtle, those things are. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> it's very scary to do something knowing that, like the whole intent, I love, I, I, I want to make art movies for people that don't like art movies. And part of that to me is the pompousness. And I love cinema, but there is a certain intellectualism that comes along with a certain type of picture and that can turn, off, makes them great. turn off certain audiences that are like yeah. well, you don't you clearly don't even want me to like this or yeah. something it's like fuck you and yeah. i'm like i'm not that guy anyways but but like that's not what's great about those movies mm -hmm. it, it, it's it, and so i really my favorite art is what any type but I'll, we'll use film is when I watch something or hear something or read something and I'm like, I love this, but I feel like I'm the only one. Like, I feel like I can't explain to someone why. So the thing I'm going for with without Ward is for you to be like, man, I really like this, but like, I don't know why. It was so funny. Like I, I had a friend at South by Southwest and uh, I, he, he was like, can you, did, did, did you pull that off? Like, that sounds crazy. What do you So I'm like, could you submit it to, to just one of your, like your coverage people. And so we get the coverage back mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, he just kind of rips us for like three paragraphs, not bad. Right. But like, it's a really interesting idea, but like the effects are like this and the da da da, -da like just not like kind of neither, but just what I would say is get kind of, and then gets to the last paragraph and literally says, if I'm being honest, I absolutely love this movie and it stuck with me. But I don't think anyone else will. Mm. I don't like think a you like a, pri a private. I'm a weirdo. Thing. He's like, yeah, but I'm a weirdo, and I'm like, scar. Yeah. And imagine telling an investor like, that's what you're trying to do. Right. Hey, thanks for this money. <laughs> we want to make a movie where for one person, <laughs> but for all, like, but, the, but the for all people, people. <laughs> yeah, like everyone to get to feel that because, and so part of it is like, okay, let's get rid of the nonsense, and then even everything in this, we had to pick music that you could be sad or you could be happy. And right. it was to take this. Kind I of love the music in the film, by the way. Thank you. The artists Who, were all great. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I'm particularly thinking of that great scene that I'm not going to like spoil, but where like all the images are kind of happening on top of each other. Yeah. Where, where, uh, Garp who we, we haven't even said the lead character's name. <laughs> Garp. Is he named after the literary figure? Let's just get so that actually out of the way. Everybody is. So the idea was like so far in the future that they don't have like biblical names or Quran names anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and they name people after ancient literature. <laughs> uh, so everyone is named after characters. It was weird too, because you can't go with favorite books. You have to go with favorite books that are also big. 
uh. enough for some people to catch the reference, right? Because what's another one? Augustine? Yeah. Um, do you is... want to I mean, we can go through what, they, what they're from. Hit me. Okay, so Augustine is, is actually Augustine Burr, so he's a person. But, Running uh, with scissors, yeah. Um, which is best describes my that if there's well, a the way that's kind of cool like too because that, that's that about a fam is. of kind of an offbeat family <laughs> well what i love about that I, I hate to plug somebody else's book but it's amazing but it's, i mean it, it gives context well if you have a certain kind of darkness like a, things that aren't necessarily appropriate um and it might not be good for you when you're younger it doesn't mean that it's all bad and especially some of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being at a therapist's office and like telling them stories when I was like 12 and they start like crying. And I think I'm telling like a funny story and I am. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's terrible. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They're like, you should not be in that situation when you're 12, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that's kind of heavy, but I've never read a book where, and it's a memoir, but he's he's doing that like he's he's like eh, in a way there's this struggle it's like well it made me who i am and yeah like this person or that person was a bad person these horrible things but it doesn't mean some of this wasn't great there's mm-hmm. no better time to do acid than when you're like 11 and poison <laughs> like put that the, put right? that like, on a poster and stick it in a middle school you imagine know imagine doing acid when you legit still like action figures yeah whoa wow you're really blowing my mind actually right so like (laughs) yeah it's bad but like but (laughs) like there's 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 you know life's confusing and and Mm -hmm. no no 11 year old should do you know but if they did they would be the target audience for acid that's all you're saying (laughs) but like i there's a part of my life that doesn't I don't know. It's hard, but it's like, there's things I dealt with that I think the therapist would have me take back, but Mm. I wouldn't change. But if I did change, I'd be happy. Who who knows? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, you know, and, and really dark people, part of their appeal is that they do enjoyable things like it's a great book so anyways augustine running with scissors um the only one that's not a book is salisbury um uh but it's a song so along the same line so salisbury hill and that's um, marguerite's character yeah peter gabriel just a great but but and then um literally everybody garp world according to garp um he's actually t.s garp gulp in the movie um scout uh to kill a mockingbird scout finch also with the person i was it was uh i i hope it was so crazy because we actually saw each other after like right after i shot it and it's part of the reason i don't think i released it for a long time oh. um, but i hoped one day she would see it and know it was her mm-hmm. so it was like scout because that was our favorite book at, at some point and then um like when we met mm-hmm. kind of, so then there was like yeah helmholtz is brave new world mm-hmm. uh, and my favorite i mean obviously a lot of them are but but such a perfect in brave new world helmholtz if for those of you that know the story is this like they make for what do they call them the the, the selfie the the picture it's kind of like their movie feelies you mm-hmm. go to it's like parties where you like right 
she mm-hmm. uh he makes the feelings i was saying she they did a really cool tv adaption of brave new world where recently, they like right they like so, it pretty enough, recently but, yeah it's actually cool because it's not the book but they like they add like i don't know it's trippy cool but they made Helmholtz a girl which i thought was trippy yep. but so uh in, in a good way but but yeah they would make uh made the so kind of like a director and everyone's like programmed and like Helmholtz was this person that was actually like good in that world like kind of saw it because of who they were mm. so like this weirdly like i fit in but i'm a dissident but everything's good i, I want to feel good and that character in, in our story is someone that is just like annoyingly optimistic and you know well we'd get into that but mm-hmm. but uh so that's Helmholtz, and then uh augustine salisbury Garp, who else we do even stuff like um your character um so Dre's and Voraz are uh two lawyers yeah but they're sharks from uh battlefield earth oh awesome uh, <laughs> yeah they come down like whatever if you know battlefield earth there's this dude like fuck l ron hubbard but it's a cool story <laughs> and he does rip things up but it's a super cool story worst movie ever but like the movie's basically the first fourth of the book mm. um basically like humans fight away this alien race that's like totally dominant over them. And this they managed to actually kill them. And then like, you're like, okay, we're good now. And then like, there's a bunch of spaceships in the sky. And it turns out there was like a mortgage on earth. And these like two shark looking aliens come down and explain to them that like, oh no, there was a mortgage. And like, what's gonna happen? And like, well, we're basically having an auction and who was gonna win? And they're like, what's gonna happen to us? It's like, well, you're gonna be slaves again. Oh, and so man. those are the characters <laughs> that came down and delivered the news. Uh, is was Dre's and uh, Voraz, Lord Voraz, yes. <laughs> but so that, that was you guys. Um, everything Billy and Lyra, uh, the Golden Compass books. Oh, uh, yeah, hell yeah, Astors. Uh, that's kind of why I put them together because Billy's not as obvious, but uh, literally everyone, um, is, 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 is from some from sort of literary the whole family's the Galts, which I was a little scared to do because i'm not dude i love atlas shrugged but um that's like one of those books that people insanely claim as like a you're like i don't know ann ram but i know she'd hate you (laughs) and and i'm not saying uber capitalism (laughs) but it's like first off it's a good book and second off like you're missing the point glenn beck yeah. Like, like, first off, super <laughs> atheist. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, I think anything you find that brings you a real peace. And, and But there is something wrong with making people like you because you can't handle your own life and trying to force things on others, Glenn Beck. Um, just really <laughs> nonsense shit. And they're like, oh, you know, like those types are like, oh, Anne Rand. And like, they're like, that's not the point. It literally says like, you can't have nepotism hmm like you should like how you should like it's like no like she had a no it's i think a lot of people that might think they'd hate atlas shrugged would would actually like it. it's the same way honestly that in its intent communism can sound mm-hmm. like it's, I've, it's a, I've never read any Iron view Rand, of idealism you know only, only but, because i they, they look very thick oh it's so the, you fountain, really the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, they both look like they're just going to take me a long time. And and I don't know if pick I have... Up, uh, I don't know. Up, if... But I made sure to have Brave New World in there, too. Wait, what, what was that, Mike? Uh, pick up the Romantic Manifesto. Is that her as well? 
I think so. It's very short, but all right, all right. Don't Roma- start romantic manifest. Read Atlas Shrugged. Don't be lazy. Uh, real, I, I, real quick, just to give some people some more context about about the film that's coming out. Uh, it's it is the entire family is basically under house arrest because uh, Ward, who invented this drug, that and for lack of a better term, we're living out life in our dreams. It's almost like the metaverse. Yeah. In an organic oh, yeah. so setting. What happened? I'll break it down. I'll go back to the fucking story. So just sorry, to, just guys. to help it out, you know, I, I want I want people to know what the fuck we're talking about. Well, I know, you and I are, you and I know all the inside baseball. Yeah, 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 no. So this guy, this is the world, and all this. So basically, he's about to kill himself. The world's all fucked. No one connects. There's still multiple governments. Guy makes a drug that lets people live in their dreams. And which for, for lack of a better term, it's like we've all successfully started living in the metaverse. Kind and of. Then, and then they pull the plug on the metaverse yeah. and we're all but back what, to but I do want to explain how things fell apart, like why the lawyers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like, so think about it. Who could take this if they're, well, wealthy people, because you'd still have to eat. Right. So what happened was the body still needs to be taken care of, even though we're living in our minds yeah. in like a, in an unconscious state. So the people that took it gave power of attorney to their lawyers and those lawyers kind of wanted to go on it too. So they got less good lawyers to take care of them and the other family. And it got to- Oh, like as the lawyers get rich enough to be in the class of people that can live on this drug, everyone slowly is getting put on the drug unless you're a lawyer, basically. I'm just explaining. I I don't have to, but I'm telling you how the world kind of- No, no, no. It's just helpful. Yeah, so basically, it's so funny because it's not it, as funny as it is. It's not what the movie's about, but uh, but basically, uh, that, yeah. So people gave the you know took took the drug, gave power of attorney to lawyers. They wanted to go on the drug, so them and other rich people started going on it. And just like any technology, things become cheaper, it becomes more accessible. There becomes different plans. So that's happening in the world, um, and they end up deputizing attorneys. And there gets to a point where half the world is on this drug and about a quarter Asleep, of the world- right? Yeah. More and or less. They're in their beds and half the world are lawyers, but the Union of United Esquires, which which uh, Carson is, and they're taking <laughs> care of all the people sleeping. And then 25% of everyone else takes care of everything else. So there, there ends up being a one world government where it's like, okay, everyone has these contracts. Nobody else can go on this drug. So like, if you're a garbage man, you have to be a garbage man. This, it is kind of interesting. This is a lot of this we took out. When you watch the movie, you know what happened enough. But, but what it's really about is a family. The, the drug is no more. Uh, in the movie, I no longer tell you why exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do infer. I mean, so the, the, the actual reason, I don't think I'm ruining anything for anyone, is that like Ward was the only one contractually allowed to make it. And the way power dynamics actually go, a lot of people have a lot of resentment to the people that were on the drug because the mm-hmm. world fell apart and they were kind of the people left behind. So you've literally got this union of United Esquires that runs everything. You've got a legal controller who's like the president of the world, but the union of the, 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 the leader of the union is like more powerful. Mm. And basically the ward ends up killing himself and the drug's gone. And this movie starts two years after the drug's gone. Uh, and the big reason for that is it's about one family that was like living their wildest dreams for like 20 years, now being stuck in their homes. And 
They can't even eat food. Like lawyers come by to take care of them and them learning how to like find an existence in kind of the shittiest of circumstances in a completely disconnected world um, that I looked at as like my space and shit yeah. where I saw that I just feel like we're headed for kind of crap yeah. eventually. I don't mean like 10 days from now, but, but it's, it's bad. And people are already anyways. So this family has to learn how to live and, and it's so crazy. So if they go outside, they get killed. So does half the world. Like they're, mm. they're literally under house arrest. Yeah. And uh, one guy, so the movie's just about that. And, and one guy like, like he ends up, I, this actually doesn't ruin it, but he ends up saving the world by standing naked in a window. <laughs> say it, Cause when you watch the movie, you're not going to connect like, how's this dude saving the world right. by like jerking off to this girl who Across lives the street. A, yeah. But, but he does, he, he, I don't think he's ruined. It's like, yeah, I won't get into it. I'll let you have fun. Well, no, here, just to, just to, to get, me, just to save you from spoiling it. One, one of the things that I really appreciate about how you've structured it is that like you, the, the film's world building is very effectively done. And then we only ever deal with the one family, but it is very uh, understood as the viewer that this is happening all over. We're just isolating the experience on this one family and how it affects them. And I love how, like, as they have to wake up and kind of come to terms with okay, we're all really with each other again. Uh, they've been living in their mind with versions of their family. And now that they're with the real members of the family, it's like they don't actually know each other and they're having to totally reforge every individual relationship and then the, the ultimate like bigger communal relationship of a, of a family unit. And uh, I just, that, that part of, of the film is the thing that I think uh, has, the, has made it time it, like it, it has a timelessness to it which is why it's like yeah it's been sitting on a shelf for maybe well not on a shelf but it's been sit it hasn't been released for the 10 like, years it since it got made. i was mad it didn't come out because i was hurt and mad yeah but now but what's great is like now the world that we live in where this film is being released into is sadly and and gloriously way more similar to the film you made and oh. so there, there's there's a ton of things that like we instantly connect to and go, oh yeah, man, especially in the pandemic, that was very real. And then you, as the viewer, you're like, wait, this, this was written and directed, you know, years before the pandemic. So it's, it's the, the yeah. prescience of your, of your, well, and it's also that it's yeah. really cool and, that it wound the, up the, coming out now. And the tech stuff, it's not like we say social media because it's so far in the future, but that, right. Yeah, man, like no one's even But here. the connection is very clear. Like the viewer watching it, it's like, oh, I, I get that we're we're dissecting the nature that, of social media, what the Mark nature Zuckerberger, of disconnectedness through me of through the dude, Zuckerberger technology. straight up wants it. Like you're no you're no longer I mean yeah. he's such a douchebag that he named a company Meta. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like can anyone I don't look, I realize I want to alienate people that want to watch it, but like meta. Like, go fuck yourself. Who's <laughs> like, this is why people don't watch art films too. Why are you on Facebook? Some fucking meta? Mm -hmm. Like, are you, whatever. But, <laughs> but like, no, like wants you in a fucking room with like virtual people. And like, I get that that's like fun, but like, so is having a hug. Yeah. I'm like, I need a hug. Yeah. Like for yeah, real. That, that, you know I've what? Talking about yes. my really bad health problems and I'm still supposed to be locked up and, 
I'm doing things again. I'm probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, it, it's really scary. And, and I mean, I say it in a genuine, like, I feel like crying that, like I wasn't in that, but it's like, it's not, I know I come off as such a, but, but it's, it's not cool. Like at all, like it's really bad. <laughs> and we, and we talk about these things that we think are really bad that are, uh, like Ukraine and, but no, man, it's a pretty big problem that like we don't care for each other or actually be with each other or show real existence. It just happened. Like I, I have Instagram going now. I think we have 10 followers. Um, but like I, you know, for the movie mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be genuine. It was this whole thing and everybody's behind it. We're going to market that way. And we just kind of can't because of like the restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do like stand naked in the window challenge, but we'll get shut down. They'll think we're staying. They think we're selling sex. So they're literally like, Oh no, you can't do that. And a lot of it's from well-meaning like stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. not good at all. Mm -hmm. I, I, and we have this thing like, and it wasn't always a thing. Even when I was younger, you probably remember this when you were younger, you probably knew other like parents in the neighborhood that, that would even do things like be with your parents. You might remember something like your mother or father having like a close friend that they saw fairly often that they weren't married to. Um, and now it's like, it, it, it's like you have to have your other and, and your family is less of this like, I mean, it's not less of, of beautiful families are wonderful and, and it's great to have a loving group, but they're so much more isolated. Mm-hmm. Like your family is that, it's your family and that's your whole society and mm-hmm. that's not good and i'm not even like a people person but i know it's not good i i just moved somewhere not wanting to be as much in the city anymore and i had like literally one of the best nights of my life the like it was so silly um i met this nice woman in my neighborhood and she invited me to ladies night in our neighborhood <laughs> i live in a neighborhood now and i went and it was like mostly women like over 60 playing a game that was like canasta and it was like 60 and i had a blast um <laughs> Because because there was just people there, and I bring up over sixty, not to make fun, but it's like, because like they get it, uh huh. <laughs> like, like hey, we, we should like get together and and you know be mm-hmm. human, and not have a tribe where it's like you know George Soros is making lasers to start forest fires, <laughs> but a tribe where like you know we play cards, yeah. And I gotta say. Why would George Soros make a laser? Like, this is my favorite thing about certain <laughs> people right now and how insane. And like, this is not a good thing to say, but like, if you're extreme right or extreme left, like, go fuck yourself and don't watch our movie. Like, my movies <laughs> like, aren't fucking insane. And then like, want to be free and care about people's right to be who they are. It, it's mm-hmm. for both of those things. So we, we, it seems like Twitter tells us you either care about like people's civil rights mm-hmm. or like political correctness. Yep. And it's like, no, I care about both of those things. <laughs> I, I like freedom of speech and people to not be racist. Yep. Can't, can't those both be true? Like, it just feels like the extremes of both sides don't want us to be free in any way. Mm-hmm. And that's super scary. Um, 
But that's that's it. It's just another reason why I think this this movie like kind of tells the story in such a nice way because like you know and you hear it in various sentiments. But like if you want to change the world, like change your own home kind of thing like change your your immediate world kind of thing and so i really appreciate that like this film kind of does that where it's it's one family's journey to becoming a unit again no and and i'm glad you caught that was a big part of it it was like if you because i always had the thought like i love that movie armageddon it's the michael jackson uh man in the mirror if you want to make the world a better place Take a look at yourself and make a change. Yeah, yeah. It's that. <laughs> but dude, yeah, yeah, I love that movie Armageddon, right? Like Who the, doesn't? Comet, it's fucking great. But I always thought, like, wouldn't it be cool if instead of that movie being about them, it was just about like a guy at his house, mm-hmm. like while that was happening. Yeah. So that was always just kind of a thing in the back of it. It was like, yeah, let's set up this thing. And there is a movie like that, by the way. It's called Without Word. Uh, comes I- out March twenty fifth. <laughs> 2022. We uh, hey, okay. Wait, yeah. T- talk about the pre-order thing because I know that on on we don't have Instagram. A lot of time is, left. No, it's okay. Take, we're gonna take the time. I don't though, mean on the podcast. I mean for the pre-orders. No, so. I know it's it's what it's the twentieth right now. So so if you're listening to this after the twentieth, you still have until the twenty fifth to pre-order it. But briefly tell us why it's important to pre-order this film. Yeah. So we're we really want to get this movie out there. So like. In, in a big way, like I really want people to see it. So, um, and I've been really happy that we got to go with Buffalo 8, which is we had some, what I call as a filmmaker, more pompous options. But like, <laughs> they have this amazing woman, uh, Nikki Steer Justice, who found the movie, found might be the wrong word. I, I wish I knew more of the story, uh, but was responsible for uh, distributing um, Loving Vincent. Uh, oh, Good- great. And uh, I actually, uh, this for movie- those that have not seen Loving Vincent, it's Vincent Van Gogh, but it's like rotoscope with oil paintings. It's probably the most gorgeous animated movie of all time. Anyway. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's also very unique and not the kind very. of- It's a one of a kind. One of yeah, a kind. A lot of times those movies get Donnie darko which I bring up because people know now, mm-hmm. but like they, they just get passed over and it's like, we don't know how to, and it's like, we, we, we made this awesome thing. And she thinks even in a business way, that like you you can now and that you should treat movies like individual products. And, you know, I just feel like they love it. She, she brought on the woman who ran the marketing for that as well. Um, Julie Candelaria, I hope I said that right, but she's amazing. It's, it's fun to have like a team um, in, in this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, they're very great, but like, so things are really different with COVID basically. And a lot of times you might do something like a limited theatrical release for something like this, mm-hmm. um, which a is like theaters and, cities, yeah. but numbers come out. And so not only do you do that to market, but you also get like, like if it does well, you'll get better placements when you go to places like what we call AVOD, which is platforms like Tubi um, uh-huh. or Netflix, which is SVOD, like subscription things. So Mm -mm -mm. yes, financially, you might get a better offer, but what I care about is eyeballs. You'll get better placement. Mm -hmm. So like they know that people are into it, so they push it. So more people watch it. Um, And in this particular case, we, I think, I hope, anyways, we're not just even releasing an Apple on the 25th. It'll be at Apple, Amazon, Google Play, Hulu, YouTube. I mean, the big ones, I might be forgetting pretty something. much where, where but, one would be. Yeah. Doing, but but uh, rentals, Apple, digital rental kind of thing. Yes. Um, but Apple is, they have this thing like the charts and like this new and noteworthy list. 
And so it's like a bestseller have, sort of vibe. I, yes. And so if we have enough transactions, we show up on that. So we've made it like $5 to pre-order. Um, and honestly, wait a minute. You have to say that again. Why? Because nobody gets to own a movie for $5 anymore. Most people get oh, to rent a movie for five. No, I know, but I, all the more reason to click the damn button. It's only, oh, you no, know, no, yeah. If you it's like the price the of an oat milk latte. And this is so cool of the distributor because obviously distributors have to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you pre order the movie um, and you email without ward pre order at gmail.com and just show your address on like a screen grab that you pre ordered it, we will send you a signed Blu ray that says, I'll sign it. And it'll say, Thank you so much. We never could have made this without you. Um, and you will, uh, it also has. There's a scene where like James Duvall's walking around with his dick out for like five minutes. Cause he's and at home. It's his home. It's not weird. Of it. <laughs> so you can, you can flip between the versions of his penis. Like, <laughs> live time. But like, I realize a lot of people don't have Blu-ray play, but it's more that like they, because of the run we did, it's cost more than $5 for us to make these. Yeah. So it's but you're, you're only, if you hit up Carson uh, and me. he tells me, I will straight up send you five bucks instead of that. We don't care. We really need help getting on this list and we'd really appreciate it. And it's just because we movies like this don't get made very often. They're super hard to get made. And they're even harder to get out because people are afraid of, I think a lot of us get sick of seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it's one of those things, man. Like we're not cool. We're just people that like to get to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be so helpful if you did that. It's so funny. I do that crap all the time like going to crowdfunding and like every month I just drop like a few hundred dollars on a bunch of different, not a few hundred on each. Um, but instead of like charity, I just like, it's such a, see that's filmmaking charity right there. You're the littlest you're, way. You're doing the right thing. And it really helps like, like, like a lot, like you actually don't have to get that many to have that happen. Mm-hmm. So like if there's one person that listening to this and does that, like it super helps. It's mm-hmm. why, we're going for it because and the truth is where we actually make money ends up being later, even if it does really well. And now we're, we're having to decide, like, it's different. I, I don't want to call out specific streamers, but, but the S side doesn't like pay what they used to, but they very often still take exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And so these platforms like Tubi, you might've noticed like they get way better stuff now um, though, because you can go watch it for free, which is awesome. And I love that. And I want people to be able to have that. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have these services anyways, but like with my first film, it did really well for a very large. And then we still had DVDs, you know, mm-hmm. but that was awesome. It was like a cult classic and like they, but like we got our initial thing and they've even kind of lowered what those are. Mm-hmm. And it, it is important to try to get the money back of your investors. Because um, it's literally, guys. It is money. worth trying. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, you know, but we do want, yeah. And it, so it just, it would, it, it just helps us so tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's oxen. And, and look, if you have anything Apple, pre ordering it is so easy. So um, if, if you even just have an Apple ID, you could just go on to what iTunes. That's iTunes. If you just type in without Ward, and and you will see the movie right there with its bitching little poster and that awesome blue bubble writing. And all you have to do is click four ninety nine. I'm just still I'm still stuck on the idea that like 
it you know you you just it's a very unique thing Corey. i think you have to to take this pat on the back no not very many people are willing to just say out loud like i just want people to see the damn movie <laughs> but honestly, money be damned like, yeah well, like it would it would be great if we made money but it would be even better if a thousand people were able to tell a thousand people to tell a thousand people to tell a thousand people that this movie's worth their time well, and I feel like there's actually an avenue for indie films if people end up like, because the big thing now is it's like, you want word of mouth to start. Mm-hmm. And that's only going to happen if like people like it mm-hmm. or a chunk of people. Mm-hmm. And for that to happen, you have to have enough people see it. Yeah. And that's the biggest battle. Like we have a bigger marketing budget than I've ever had before, but it's still not enough. It's so funny mm-hmm. in comparison. I don't think anybody knows what we shot this for, which is a, a pride point on my end. <laughs> um but you know uh we have a really great cast uh sorry this is so schmoozy markety but i should say um great cast it's martin landau michael gladys harold Perrineau, marguerite moreau carson higgins james duvall alexis dezina who's actually the lead i should have said her way earlier uh, her and michael i said michael early um but even our smaller parts we have like anthony montgomery and jillian barbary and so everybody showed up. I, you know who I, I, I work with you know who I, actors. Like you know who I love in this movie is Carol. She's awesome. She she is so great in this movie. She's part of the reason I didn't have the conversation with the someone that I said no to. Oh really? Not because we had already seen her. Mm. And in the my mind, you know, there's what's best for money, mm-hmm. and then there's what's best for the movie. And it's not that this person wasn't a great actress. They are. It would be a dream to work with them. But I knew Carol had this. Yeah. 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 What was that, Mike? <laughs> he said process. Uh, I just I just said she was she was one of the only actors that we uh, looked for through a pretty serious casting process. So, yeah. Right on. Have you ever noticed that, like, dude, it's another problem with technology. It's like, dude, if you call me and I don't answer, I'm not going to answer when you then call five minutes later. <laughs> or, like, when you text and you send five of them instead of one long one. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this whole backward etiquette. You know, it's like, they're like, oh, I don't want to be rude and send one long test. And you're like, yeah, that's a lot less rude than making my phone beep five times. <laughs> Just send a long text. Like, like it is a long text. It's just five of them. I, like, I'm teasing because Carson texted me four. Well, you wouldn't answer, and we were trying. Oh, no, I was on trying the... to get on the thing. I actually had trouble getting on the. Oh, and I got texted. Hold on. Oh, hold on. This says I gave you a winner in today's college basketball games. Can you place the bet? Oh wow. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, just say yes and put down the the month, you know, just put a month's rent on uh, whatever the team is. <laughs> there was a really funny TED talk by a guy that was talking about dealing with spammers and like how you should just engage with them. Mm-hmm. So if like a Nigerian prince emails you that their money's stuck somewhere and they're like, and if you give me 10, we can do 100 of these diamonds. He'll be like, why not 50 grand? And like, yeah, yep. he'll just keep going until they finally realize like he's fucking with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about it, you're doing like a service because then if someone's getting scammed, they can't 
like they're spending more time with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, can I give you Mike for a second? I want to go make alcohol. I'm not uh, going to actually we, make we sh- we're, act- we're Dude, we should probably wrap up, to be honest. I mean, uh, we're- well, I, hey, Give me a second, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, uh, what's up, buddy? However what's, long you want it to be. What's going on, man? We have about five minutes so but before I won't be able to talk again. So we got to make it, make it count. Say whatever is on your mind, Mike. Let the world know. What does Mike Clausen think about blank? <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to see you again, for sure. It's good to see you too, man. Yeah, for those that haven't picked it up, Mike is uh, the producer on the film and uh, just kind of the man about town, no? To make sure that Corey keeps his head on straight. Yeah, I try to. Try to. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wasn't the only producer, but I was, I guess, I don't know what you call it, the lead producer or whatever, like, uh, you know, on the on the floor, along with some some great people like Sean, who ended up helping us in in the, um, you know, once we were trying to actually get the movie out, Sean and Anthony from PBI. But Sean was actually involved much, much earlier uh, in the in the process. Uh, Laura Holloway was a huge, at least for me, she was like, I, I would have probably died without her so <laughs> shout out to her and i mean there's lots of other producers involved in various different ways but uh those are a couple i'd give a quick shout out to love a good shout out yeah, dude man. are you excited for the this thing to finally be out and for people to be able to see it it's uh it feels weird to be honest with you i because i kind of uh cory kind of alluded to it i mean it, it was definitely like you said it Oh, it's on a shelf. Probably not on a shelf. No, no, no. It was on a shelf. That's yeah. what it was. So to get it off the shelf, I think it was actually on the floor. On the floor. Yeah. In a drive. In a yeah. It was on a drive somewhere that no one would ever see it. And so to to have it out is really uh, it's it's a surreal experience for sure. Um, to, to actually get it out to people to that it's available for people to see other than. Corey and like a handful of others so yeah yeah hey are are you and or Corey? are you guys aware of a uh, a social media platform called letterboxd yeah of course dude see that's that's the kind of shit i'm excited about it's like random people all of a sudden are going to be just like reviewing Putting without ward on on out in the world and that's it's right. it's yep. so exciting to think that like we're going to we're going to see what the people finally think of this movie that we've we've it's, we've been living with for years now. It's true and it's it's weird too to think about like just time wise. I mean, I was in my mid 20s when I produced this. Like you were I, I was 14 that. years old. No, yeah, I'm I say, dude, you got you're joking, right? No, no. I'm I'm definitely oh, joking. Thank God. I don't want to be a statutory rapist. No, I think I, I was like I had to have been 23 or 4. Yeah, early I, 20s. Yeah, because we had that night, right? But like I, you better have been of age. I, I I was available with my own ID that okay. had my real information on right. it. So don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, I mean now like think of think of your life in the last 10 years and how much like that's such a long period of time so yeah but it's interesting that that to think of people experiencing this movie like because obviously like it's a brand new thing that's right like most people when they see a movie think oh this was made literally yesterday that's how like if you have people that i'm sure you've experienced this on set you know when you're shooting something and people are like what are you doing oh we're shooting a movie what's the first thing they oh when's it coming when's it coming out (laughs) 
Well, never. The answer is usually never. It's never, never. come out. You'll and never see it. Does, yeah, that's right. And when it does come out, you're not going to know about it. <laughs> right? No, and that's, he's so, so right. That's what's crazy about this and this whole B8 experience. Because like, you know, but like, especially with independent films, it's like getting a movie distributed, even now, so with there's these platforms, it's like, it's like winning a medal and like just having it and, and it depends on the level. Like now there are places you can self put out, but, but like, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like anyone could just like put their movie on Amazon. You just got to let them know. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's yeah, definitely. But it's still like to get a company behind something that's right. not, that doesn't have superheroes in it or mm -hmm. didn't cost $400 million no. to make. And you yeah, can't just go difficult. to like Apple. And you can you know, yeah, it's like getting getting to yeah. Apple is very, very difficult. And what, even once you're at Apple, it's like insane. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's uh, definitely exceeded all of my expectations since my expectations were it's never going to come out. So, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was just that thing that we had a good time doing. I well, dude, I, I, I had su I had such a good time on that set, I'm, man. I'm, it was my. My That's first, great. the first feature film I was ever a part of and getting to work closely with, with Harold was really cool because Romeo yeah. and Juliet was a big thing for me growing up. So I'm like, I'm standing next to Mercutio and we're, we're holding guns and pointing them at Jimmy Duvall and Marguerite Moreau and shit. Like, this is a great day. Hey, I do yeah. have to do my thing and hop in on this stuff because we keep talking. Like, it didn't not come out because it's a bad move. Like, that happens. Um, but reluctantly, and Mike, got me out of this thing fully i didn't do anything with it mm -hmm. i finished this movie and was like so mad it's like you wrote a novel and just didn't do anything yeah, like life stuff happened and things about it like i was so mad that i was just like one day and yeah. then i had ruined my life like i was taking morphine every day of this shoot literally i had a doctor coming to set during ward and giving me morphine shit every, every day and i had no idea a heroin just actual morphine like just yeah. Cause it was the thirties, but, um, and it was, it was, it was, it was a thing, but yeah, it, it just, look, I won't get into it. I'm a mess. Um, but, but like it, it was that it was just like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. And they tricked me. Mike came and was like, and Mitch Rosen, who's amazing. And we're like, look, 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 just let us do it. Like, you don't have to do anything like it'll. And I was like, okay. But then I knew I'd get sucked in. So. Mm -hmm. so one just one thing is because i like i said as you can see like i'm not gonna have the floor for very long and i know we probably should wrap up soon anyway so um i think there's like um there's many different styles and many different ways to go about like sort of producing a movie like on the on the producer side um i guess for me and this this is just something that i learned or or and really stand by is that because I'm also a filmmaker, right? And, and I write and direct stuff. When, it's, when I'm asked to do something like this, uh, it's different because your instinct is that you wanna also be involved in the creative process, right? Mm -hmm. So, cause you're like, oh, I have these ideas and I have these ideas, right? And it's really hard to not do that. But that's where a lot of films get into trouble is when there's so many different hands and cooks and all that kind of stuff. So the thing that I tried to very, very hard, I tried to make sure that 
my job wasn't to say, oh, Corey, you should do this, or we should shoot it like this, or we should do that. That's not my, that's in this context of what I was asked to do. That's has enough. That is not my thing. Now, if Corey asked my opinion about something, I'll give it, but it, he has every right and all of the things to, to be a creative, like it's his thing, right? Mm -hmm. So what, how I explain it in the analogy I use is that it's my job as the producer to build a sandbox, right? And and put in the toys, right? And mm-hmm. give them a little water and with the dump truck. And make and, sure I have the morphine doctor. <laughs> <laughs> say a different toy and like he has like, and then, but what's in that sandbox is, you know, what how that sandbox is created is like with time, money, like all of that stuff dictates how big and small your sandbox is and what toys get to be played with. Mm-hmm. But your job isn't to play with them. Then you throw Corey in there and you leave him alone, right? Mm-hmm. Say, okay, now you play. <laughs> just, <laughs> just you can't get out of this. This is the parameters, right? right. The playtime is in the box. <laughs> that's right. And you can do whatever you want inside of that thing. But mm-hmm. And if you try to get out, I'm going to kick you in the face, right? <laughs> but if you're in there, I'm not going to touch you, right? It's It's that sort of thing, right? So... Um, and I'm sure there's an analogy there inside of the house and <laughs> the story of the movie, but that's sort of the, the thinking and the psychology, I guess, that I tried to bring to the production side of things was like, okay, like I just got to create this box for him to play in. Right. And so when it came time to, he kind of talked about it earlier, but like doing weird stuff in terms of whatever the effects, for example, like I like, sure, I may have had an idea about this or that, but it's not my, okay, what does he want? Okay, let's try to make that happen. What do we need to do to make that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he wanted to go a certain direction with the visual effects of the movie. Did I think it was the best idea? It doesn't matter what I think, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter. My opinion is zero, <laughs> right? Because it <laughs> literally doesn't matter. What my job is, is just to make sure that the thing that he wants is then, it, it, is, it, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> right? But this so. is why Mike is like really the best producer. And I'm not saying it because he's here. Um, I wouldn't make a movie without him. And I wouldn't make a movie without my editor, Mitch Rosen. Um, I, I don't even think I could at this point. Um, and it's because I get very scattered in certain things, but I do have a very finite vision of what I want but I'm not the easiest person to deal with. Um, and I need someone, you know, he, he brings up that sandbox, but even if we have to, like, I'd love to talk to you about this because as Carson knows, and to this day, I feel bad about this. Um, Carson was casted as the lead in a movie called Nothing at All. We even have a poster. Cool uh, poster, y'all. <laughs> and I saw Carson. It's one of those few actors you meet through their work. I saw him at a live performance Um, and for a live performance to be subtle and you be able to hear it, because I don't want to annoy you, but stage acting is tough. Like film acting, I feel like made stage acting harder because Mm -hmm. in films, you can be very subtle and you can be more realistic. You can whisper. (laughs) Yeah. And because you, the audience can see and feel what's happening on stage. You, you have to do shit so that everybody can see it, which makes subtle 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 whatever subtleness uh, subtlety uh, that's the one yeah which makes subtlety hard yeah See, which makes subtlety hard 
Because um, you, you want to create the illusion of like a, a small intimate moment, but have everyone be able to hear it. Mike, come in. But so, no, but so we see you and you're amazing. And I'm, I'm with my, uh, at the time, fiance. And I'm like, that's the fucking guy. Like I was sitting at home writing it then. Then we go out, we raise money for it. And all of a sudden I'm like, I think I can get more money. We should do this script and Mike signed on, you're signed on. And I'm like, man, we should do without Ward. Like, it's crazy. We don't, it's a way bigger movie. And so Mike's like, okay, we could expand the sandbox. And I'm like, Carson, could you please come be this lawyer? And then to this day, Carson did an amazing job. And he had a love story going on with another one of the characters. And just sometimes when you make a movie, there are certain things that don't pace right. And you've got him. And we basically had to get rid of that, which sucked because Carson was amazing at it. And (laughs) then we had the backstory um, of the world. There's a cut of this that's like, I don't know, it was like two hours, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, it was over two hours. There's a cut that's really good, but we tell you the backstory. And in that cut, your thing with with Ring, who also had to get kind of cut because of it, is awesome. Ah. Um, And then when we took that out, it just didn't, you had too many scenes that were also doubling like as that, and it didn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just, it just sucks. Um, no, I, I, I like how it wound up playing out. Cause my, my character is like, uh, the, the conduit for the audience to see what, it, what the lawyer side of this is all about. Cause, uh, Voraz is, so, is like a little bit more seasoned, uh, Esquire. And and Dre's my my character is like a little bit per, maybe newer to the job or maybe he you know I don't I don't yeah, but you play it really well and you can tell the whole time that you have like a reluctance to the assholeness. <laughs> it's just a job not. for me. You no, know? I mean I'm... you have to do it. That's yeah. the whole thing. We Following get, orders. Yeah, I don't want to ruin them, but this doesn't because we no longer tell you. That's kind of why I don't want the audience. But when he's playing it, like Carson did know that he had to do that. Like, mm-hmm. if he didn't do that, he gets killed. Mm-hmm. And we, we do, you know that in the movie, but with the lawyers and stuff, you're not as sure of their freedom. But part of what's odd about the world and the way I created it, and, and for these things to work on screen, you have to have parameters that you know, whether you show it or not, or mm-hmm. you'll just see things that don't have continuity to them. But like, yeah, even the lawyers have to be, lawyers it's like no one we've 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 it's like this shit got us to a place in life where even the people with power aren't free like no Mm -hmm, one's mm -hmm. everyone's stuck um and you deal with that rapist um (laughs) which is just yeah we'll we'll let the people discover that on their own when they get their own damn copy of without war you play 18 uh, not anymore <laughs> i think we should do it we should just do it but do it with like just fuck it hey man i'm sure there's another part in there for me and we could find some age appropriate actors that would crush those two characters man and how, what was it like for you with COVID? because i was so proud of you like making a living as a stage act like i nobody does that so it's hard enough to make a living as an actor and then yeah. there's a lot of actors that love stage and even less spots i was successfully making about 50 percent of my income from from theater which is which is might as well be a hundred percent 
No, but well, now I haven't. I haven't done. You know, you, that had to be enough for that. Oh time. well, yeah, yeah. But you know, things like that. It's, you know, they. It's like for six or nine months, and then it's gone forever. So it's not like, uh, yeah, I started working at the American Idiot Company, and I've been there for about six years yeah. now. Yeah, it's but not, you had six, not really like that. That like you, you had a period. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that like just to me it's like, it's amazing. It's like was, your whole life could go by like you did something like great and I, I i wanted that's when i was sick i wanted to go see you so bad like you rolled into town i'm like in the hospital and shit ah, i yeah. was so proud of you man and i'm so Thanks, mad man. you gotta get me a tape i gotta see it there's a tape from i was gonna say yeah. i i remember you from from uh, american idol actually oh shit mike's a really good singer slash songwriter but i says no he really is <laughs> but i i remember you from um, what was it season six seven Sen- eight, ten ten yeah yeah I knew it was like when it was still kind of like a music show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people got angry at, at, at that show at the time, but it's gone into even another realm of things now where, you know, I feel like, uh, cause uh, Lambert was, I think season eight. Um, yeah. Right. And, a little bit for me. Yeah. And I think right around season 10, season 11 was, was around the last time that I watched it um like all the episodes so mm-hmm. yeah, i definitely remember seeing you on that show love that what are you doing are you in a band right now what's what are you doing i'm not in a band right now i'm actually you know what it's it's funny like the pandemic did slow down my uh my theater career i i haven't really done any theater in like two years now but i have been getting to do more on camera stuff so what's kind of cool about this year is I have two feature films coming out and three short films coming out. So oh, you got to tell Mike about. Sorry, he did something. I'll t- I'll tell you I'll tell you about it when we when, when we get off oh, of here because okay. it's okay. it's not quite ready for the people yet. Gotcha. But gotcha. when it when it is time for them to know, they'll know, and it's gonna Carson, be exciting. Carson did some shit. Carson did some shit during the pandemic. No, so like it, I'm I'm you know I'm feeling in a good place as far as like I've. I, uh, you know, similar to you, Corey, and I'm sure Mike too, like just been a big movie person my whole life, love watching them, love learning about how the hell they get made. And uh, so it's exciting to find myself actually participating a little bit more frequently. And I, in a sad or, or glad way, I don't know, I like have the pandemic to thank for that because you have an I was still an actor. But yeah, you just, have an invite. I don't know if I should talk about this, um, but we will. Uh, so part of this that you have to hear before you hear the pitch is that anyone involved in this has the right to kill any scene. So the whole point. Of oh, this, you told me about this. Together yes. and do whatever you told me about you this. But that means nothing can be done. So anyone that's involved in any way. So like you could do one scene and be like, I can't be in a thing that has that scene. That means we either have to drop your scene or the thing you can't be involved with because we have to be free. But yes. it's basically do something like a Kentucky Fried movie in a climate like now, where we're also having a discussion about whether it's okay or not. Like, we're literally, like, you see these ridiculous things followed by us talking about it and then using those things to make, like, points that really are important um, and that we really do care about, but in a very over-the-top way. Yes. Hey, let's wrap this up, huh? Let's uh, 
Let's remind the people they're going to go pre-order without Ward. And if you're listening to this after March 25th, it's out. So you could just go get your hands on without Ward wherever you can get it. Amazon, Google, iTunes. But for right now, if you're listening to this before March 25th, go hit that pre-order button and help this film get eyeballs on Or even right around. If you can, buy there right around that too. To trick transactions. And don't forget too, if you pre-order it and you send a screenshot of your pre-order with, along with your address, we'll send you a free Blu-ray. And the email that you send that to is without ward pre-order at gmail.com. So that's Boom. very easy. Yep. And you know what? For five bucks, if you're while getting the digital last, copy. Oh, while, while supplies last. But you know what? Because it's also the ones we then sell. Ah, yes. I have a feeling out. though, if you're listening to this and you act, you know, with an appropriate amount of time, you should be able to get it while supplies you do last. Won't happen, and you're gonna get a signed Blu-ray of of Martin Landau's final feature film, Corey Cataldo's new feature film. It's an exciting time, man. Arson Higgins' new feature film. You know, it's my first feature film. So what the hell? Let's get it out there, y'all. Uh, Corey, Mike, I'm so glad you guys stopped by to talk about. Uh, of course, man. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having us on and uh, letting Corey slash me, but mostly Corey rant. So thank you. It's good. It's good. I wanted I wanted people to hear hear the man himself and get to know him a little bit. I feel like it's been a nice discussion. Uh, stick stick around. I'm, me. I'm gonna I say goodbye to these me. people, but stick stick around. I'm just gonna stop recording, and we we can still say hello. Yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, like about it. yeah. So if you do wind up getting you your hands, heroin? I'm what? Are you good? I've never done heroin, Corey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have a heroin problem. Are I've never. I've I've listened to a fair amount of Nirvana, but I've never done heroin. All right. Did you? I love Ray Charles. I don't love heroin. Did you stop sleeping with your sister? Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Cataldo. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you around.